Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, friends. Just a quick note before this week's episode to remind you about Monkey Tennis Live. As you should know by now, it's happening at the Prince Charles Cinema in London's Leicester Square on Thursday, November the 24th. Uh, we're pleased and amazed that half the tickets have already gone. So if you're thinking of joining us as we dissect and celebrate Alpha Papa live, then uh, make sure you get your tickets quickly. They're at postpoppodcasts.com slash monkey tennis. That's also the place to go to pick up our limited edition T-shirt, which by the time you hear this will only be on sale for another two weeks so uh, head along and pick it up while you can finally we wanted to apologize uh, a couple of weeks ago we mixed up uh, our diehard references as many of you have been in touch to tell us uh, obviously uh, it was bill clay and not bill carr uh, we will never make a mistake like that again uh, so just to reiterate that's right it was bill clay that's the name that uh, jack nicholson's character hannibal gruber gives in the popular science fiction movie set on father's day dies hard What's the burning issue? At Dante Fires, sponsors of this episode of Monkey Tennis, it's the question we ask every day. That's how we've become the Ferrari of the coal effect gas fireplace industry. End your day with a puff flash, puff flash bang, courtesy of our top range of fireplaces. Monkey Tennis? Monkey Tennis? Monkey tennis? Go to London. I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey tennis? Monkey tennis? Uh, On the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. It's 
hotter than the sun. Back of the net. Monkey tennis. Hello and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the podcast with our faces on one side and Alan Partridge's on the other. We've got a puff flash, puff flash bang of an episode for you as we look at The Colour of Alan, episode two of series two of I'm Alan Partridge. Uh, I'm Adam Brooks and with me is Tom Dark. Oh, sat on the bastard. Nick Older. Spice World. And Tom Stab. Pyrotechnics. <laughs> so, uh, this is the description of this episode from the DVD uh, sleeve. Alan really is on the up. He's been asked to organise a sales conference for Dante's of Reading, the Ferrari of the coal effect fire industry. However, following a nasty incident at his local country club, Choristers, the day of the presentation doesn't exactly go to plan. So, I'm laughing thinking about what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can I just say, I do love this episode. Yeah, it's great. It, it has a special place in my heart, not only because it's good, but because I was in the audience for the recording of this one. Uh, oh. I thought you were in the last one. I, they, they did bits of a few episodes. Are you suggesting um, that Adam's telling porky pies, Nick? I would never. <laughs> um, so, some facts about that. It was, uh, it was filmed at the old BBC TV Centre uh, in Wood Lane. The old um, BBC. The sets that Ooh, they had, they had, they had the inside of his house, the caravan, uh, the interior of of Choristers and the petrol station were all sets on stage. Uh, yeah, it was all done in front of a live audience. Even the pre-recorded bits were screened for uh, the audience's benefit, mm, and it yeah. was all shown in sequence to make sense. Uh, I went along with my old uni friend, a partridge enthusiast, and friend of the show, Lee Debbage. Uh, while we were there, is we it, hang on, know, is that the Lee Debbage that I know? Yes, it is. Oh, hello, Lee Debbage. Friends in common. Um, we Don't tried to him. do. Nope. Don't know. We tried to do distinct laughs while we were in the audience so that we would turn up on the <laughs> laughter track, but uh, it didn't work out. Lee's mum uh, claims to this day that she can hear us, but she can't. Um, <laughs> there are also very few outtakes. Almost all of uh, all of the scenes we saw, uh, they did a few extra takes for safety, but they, they largely nailed it first time. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Consummate and, uh, professionals. Uh, Steve yep. came out in, uh, in character as Alan beforehand to... Uh, Introduce us and say thanks for coming uh, to the reenactment of some key scenes from his life. Which was <laughs> nice touch. That's great. Yeah. Um, how how did you? Was it just a thing you applied for online or something it was to just, get tickets? Or yeah, it was just mashing the uh, mashing the keyboard <laughs> of our PCs uh, on the BBC audience website. I think something like that. Lee, Lee sorted it out. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so. We open at Radio Norwich. Always the same. Always the same. Yep. Uh, we discover that Alan's slot runs till midnight, uh, and Dave Clifton's got the slot midnight to four a.m. Uh, he is the musical cue uh, is the police or as they're now known Sting who is better well I was going to say is hey, it hey, it's the police or as he's now known not they're now known well why uh, would they the police the or as he's now known that's the gag because he thought that Sting was called the police he thought it was one person is that the gag is that the gag yes. I think we need to refer to the script on that yeah, I'm, Bear I'm, with, I'm, yeah. I am referring to the script oh, I have right. it in front well, of well, me here but well, the, the, the script's not going to say P.S. The joke is this. Yeah, but the point is, the script is he's now known, not they, not they. Okay. He, not they. Okay. Talk amongst okay. yourselves. Great. Getting a thumbs up from producer Jed here. He I was going to say the police versus Sting. Is it fair to say? Is it fair to say they're on level pegging? Uh, can you name another member of the police? The guitarist is called um, Dave. <laughs> what? No. G- Ga- Gary Police. No. <laughs> Gary I- Police. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, well, in that case, terrible. it's fair enough to say that, that the police is basically Sting. Is that mm, fair? Yeah, but I, I would say Sting is better because I just love Fields of Gold. <laughs> <laughs> he says know. they're now known. Ah, eat it, Freddie Word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, the script on the internet is wrong, but Jed still agrees with me, so... Sure, okay. Mm. Well, it's been, <laughs> we can't He's talk. still it's giving a fun, me a thumbs up. It's so been it's a fun fine. diversion. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, there's another bit of uh, oh, those of you who listened to last week's episode. Uh, I was talking about Alan being the original Jemble. There's a bit more Jemble talk this time. Twenty three years. You're obsessed, Adam. You're obsessed. Twenty three years on the game may not render her pleasurable to mine eye. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about uh, Roxanne, the now aged prostitute of uh, of the Sting, the Police song. How old would she be now? Let's not bother going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Question to the group: Has anyone played the Roxanne? I drinking? thought you were going to say has anyone slept with a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, is there anything you'd like to tell us now? Let's or? move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, has anyone played the Roxanne drinking game before? Yes, with you. I yeah, think, with you it? about a hundred million times. Was this yeah. when you guys lived together again? No, it's great though, isn't it? It really is good fun. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah. it. You should explain uh, the rules. I, I, I will briefly explain the rules. So you're having some kind of house party or get together. You split the room into two groups. <laughs> one room drinks on the word Roxanne. One one group drinks on the words Red Light uh, every time they're heard in the song. And you might think, oh, that's fine. That sounds doable. But if you listen to the song, you realise... There's a lot of consumption and it's happening very fast. It speeds up as it goes along, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Step it one, mental. drink when they say Roxanne. Or step two, drink when they say Red the light. other thing. Step three, everybody dies. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is the result. Yep. Uh, so there's a caller. It's Roy from Bungie. Uh, Bungie. 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 Right. Uh, now, Roy is actually voiced by Simon Greenall. And I have done some research into Bungie because I thought it's an interesting place name. There's got to be something interesting about it. Turns out it's not that interesting, <laughs> but I can link Bungie to the darkness. So, what the yeah, band? Probably. The band? Go on. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, so, do you need to? Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> let's I, move on. I can. <laughs> so. <laughs> so <laughs> So Alan's making notes instead of engaging the caller. Oh, uh, fuck off. Is, <laughs> what's the darkness got to do with anything? Well, I'll just... It's, it's the one interesting thing I can tell you about it. So Bungie, small town in Suffolk, East Anglia, approximately 16 miles southeast of Norwich. Uh, there's a church there, St. Mary's Church, which was struck by lightning. During the thunderstorm, an apparition appeared consisting of a black hellhound which dashed around the church, attacking members of the congregation. It then suddenly disappeared and reappeared in the Holy Trinity Church, Blythburg, 12 miles away, injuring members of the congregation there. This dog is claimed to be Black Shook, a dog haunting the coast of Norfolk, Essex and Suffolk. That is also a song by The Darkness, and the song is written about that. So Alan's okay. making... So- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about We're that. We're adding extra value. This is what the people want. It, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not. Is this what the people want? Email us. Thepartridgepod at uh, gmail.com. I mean, let's, let's not put this to the public vote in any way. Let's not let the public hear it. Uh, so Alan's making notes instead of engaging the caller, something that other uh, fellow professional broadcaster Danny Baker would never do. I feel like as well, while he's doing that, on, well, say on paper, but this feature kind of should be brilliant. Alan's, well, funny, Alan's funny stories. Yeah, Alan's mm. funny stories. What, why would that not be great? People phoning in with hilariously funny stories. It should just work. Yeah, I think yeah. it's dependent on the quality of the callers, though, isn't it? And obviously, he's only getting yeah. mentals calling I think, in. I think the, yeah. s- the, the smaller the radio station, the less you can screen through the bad calls. I think he's he's under pressure to take every call that comes in. Everyone's making it to air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the phone line is very much still open and available if you want to call in. <laughs> not not us. I mean, on yeah, don't, don't don't call us. Uh, so uh, that story ends. Uh, wonder who got the power pack uh, with 16 seconds still to fill before the news oh, comes. So in. good. I remember. I remember when this uh, first aired, uh, being at university at the time and crying with laughter at this scene. I yeah. absolutely loved it. 
And I still do. It's, it's really great. Um, after the News. <laughs> after the credits, uh, his one-liner is, uh, how can you set fire to your hands? Um, <laughs> it's a good, good question. I wondered, who do you think he's talking to in these little post-credits one-sentence? And you could say, you could put your hands on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's Lynn that he's speaking to, but... <laughs> well, much like the first episode where we drew t- chalk penises on our back, we're going to try and set our hands on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Nick's up first. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. Very good. So then we're in his uh, to-be-constructed house. Uh, he's so proud that he's remembered Carl the Builder's name. He's very happy <laughs> yeah. He hasn't remembered... Doesn't Lynn prompt him, though? Oh, yes, that's yeah, right. Lynn, yeah. Lynn, he's, he hasn't rem- remembered it. Lynn kind of whispers in his ear, Carl. Yeah. Like, Hello, and then, Carl. And then he goes along to the next one. She's like, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alan. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have a clue, although uh, it's kind of signposted, I think, in a later episode that uh, Alan has seen Lynn talking to the builders. Mm. Uh, not that there's anything going on, but I, th- I think Lynn's probably got a better relationship with him than, than Alan does. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that for a moment. Um, there's also, also interesting that he seems willing to give up embarrassing information about himself <laughs> and to basically be self-deprecating, but only to people who he thinks are lower status. So he They talks don't want to wanna see me. Exactly. Yeah. Talking to the builders, he's happy to admit that he's got access to the kids, but they don't want to see him. He was happy to say that he'd been physically repellent to women for two years but it's obviously <laughs> it's info that he'd be mortified if you know if, if Tony Hares back in series one had known that sort of thing or if you know if like the Meteor Films woman had found it out uh, he's still angry at Lynn about talking to Meteor Films about his panic attacks <laughs> yeah he's quite happily discussing yeah. it with the builders quite interesting <laughs> Uh, John has got very short shorts on. He's got really short yes, shorts on. Speaking to Nick, that was the voice of Nick, our resident short shorts export expert. I just love short shorts, and I think that to be fair to John, I mean, I don't know how old John is, but he kind of has the look of someone that's quite old, but the physique of a. Uh, he looks after him. He looks, yeah. He's got a bit of an expat vibe about him, hasn't he? Yeah, sort of perma tanned, bleached, yeah. short hair. Well, I, short I shorts. can depart a bit of information here. So he, for the filming of this series, does this tie back to the darkness? No, we, we've done that now. Okay, we've good, good. Uh, I mean, I can try and find a link, but... I don't Please don't. Yeah. Uh, he, join he, us he for, join us for uh, Tom <laughs> Trek Into Darkness. Tom Dark special I mean, darkness podcast. I, I don't want to do that. That's a great uh, pun. He was fake tanned for the series, uh, unsurprisingly, but also he's wearing a blonde hair piece as well. Oh, so really? they're, kind of, they're tough to blonde hair. You see underneath his hat all the time. And in the commentary on this episode, the uh, writers refer to this character as being muscly and tanned, which is confusing. So I think the uh, I'm assuming what they mean there is it's a bit sexually confusing for Alan. Oh, uh, really? Mm. Well, that's that's blown all my Alan theories wide open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but I think I think there's always an interesting thing with Alan and his kind of views on kind of other men and homosexuality and stuff it's is he a little bit intrigued you know mm. I don't think so there's certainly a, well I think mm. he I think he sees Bangkok it as chick boys yeah, oh, yeah. I, I know okay, his relationship think, with Glenn Ponder I think he sees it as sort of like <laughs> mystical you know like it's he doesn't quite it's like he still thinks of it as quite an exotic thing to be gay and it's a bit yeah it's a bit the way that he treats it is like it's you know discovering a new species I mean he wants to know about the ladyboys immediately when he's talking to Michael yeah Yeah. that's true Um, a bit of regional racism from his his well because John is from (laughs) slightly further north than than, than Alan Um, I've also got a note here that he's not in control in his own house he's very much uh, he's very much in sort of tiptoeing around the builders a bit oh yeah but I think is that just because he's partly he's scared of them because physically they are Bigger and stronger than him as yep. well. Bigger boys. Yep. Uh, you have Lynn and uh, Michael having a bit of a face-off over smoking in this scene as That's well. That's the first time we've seen uh, Michael yeah. smoke as well. Yeah, and mm. you, um, and the only time I think. 
Yeah, I think that's right. But oh, no, but remember, a monkey had eaten all of his fags before, so we do know that he's yeah, a smoker. Yeah, that's true. Ah, good point. Uh, but you, you, obviously, I, I think this is all implied throughout the first series as well. Lynn and Michael do not get on no. at all. No. And the cast agreed on that, saying that if Lynn and Michael were in a lift together, they wouldn't talk. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's <laughs> that steadfast. Also, did Lynn and Michael ever meet in series one? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they were in the hotel did. together. Yeah, but in hotel. name a scene where they're, where they both in it speaking to one another. Uh, the well, oh, well, speaking directly to each other. Yeah, as but, in but okay, I, I think as rather than whole, just being in the same. I think that's building. the whole thing, though. I think they know each other. They don't like each other. They don't bother to engage. Right, but I was racking my brains in the whole series. I can one, think of a scene where in the same. Yeah, in, they're definitely in the, in the same, same scenes hotel, together. But, but I think in terms of those two having a conversation together, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Is there a theory that they're both the same person? <laughs> uh, would you like yeah. to talk us through that uh, well it's a top line theory and that's how I'm going to keep it <laughs> it needs further development um, I mean I, I guess is, is it maybe that part of the reason they don't really get on is that they're they're the right hand man and right hand woman for Alan so they're both kind of competing for his definitely attention or friendship I yeah, think he's cracked it yep. yeah um, he's talking a little bit about uh, his potential meeting with Dante's of Reading, uh, the uh, the Ferrari of the goal of coal, coal effect. effect fire industry. Um, that obviously is a reference to uh, Dante, the Italian writer and thinker. Uh, one of his most well-known works is Inferno, uh, hence the fire co- <laughs> connection. <laughs> this but, is very good. But but uh, Inferno in his uh, in Dante's writing actually refers to hell. So uh, if you follow that to the letter, Pretty you wouldn't you wouldn't want to name your company after it. Also, a nightclub in Clapham. <laughs> what hell? That, that, that yeah, was, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> also works. Speaking of places you wouldn't want to yes. go, <laughs> yeah, um, well, one way ticket to hell and back. Yeah. Another. Uh, He's got oh, it back to the darkness. darkness. There it is. Yeah. He's done it. Very He's done good. it. Very He's good. Done it. <laughs> but not um, again. There's yeah, the bell. Yeah. Uh, he describes uh, that how his sort of house renovations as a can-do go situation, situation. where he is replacing D's for T's, just like he told Dave Clifton off for oh, yeah. in series one. Oh, yeah. smart, mm. cheeky. Uh, there's there's another, another allusion to Michael's issues as well. Uh, last episode, <laughs> so many issues. Yeah, last episode, he was told he can't. He could. He's been told he can't hit customers, <laughs> uh, and now his front door's been torn off. He told. Oh, yeah. Al- he told Alan it was stolen. But was it? I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. You get uh, Michael with another army phrase here, uh, like the move and fire, move and fire in series one. But this one is kill, kill, stab, twist, kill. <laughs> Which gets that a massive well-known, laugh. Yeah. That well-known military audience. catchphrase. <laughs> uh, Michael's bike uh, is uh, Desert Storm. That's me bike. <laughs> yeah, and it's got a homemade danger, hand-painted signs of danger. Because <laughs> it is very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, more Michael information at this point. Uh, an early version of the plot of this series um, saw that Michael, um, in this scene because he, he's got that big bag with him that he was carrying his greyhound dog around in that bag <laughs> I don't know why they abandoned that idea <laughs> that's brilliant and I also learned that the alleyway between the house and the static home is actually an indoor studio whereas the caravan was apparently a yes, real yes that's caravan. right I saw that yeah. being filmed live oh, right. yeah which, uh, with Lee Dibbage. Mm, with Lee Dibbage. Lee who? Cabbage. So, Never heard of him. <laughs> so, in series one, we talked about the best unintentional put-down where Alan says, oh, you don't need um, beauty sleep. Well, 40 points. Mm-hmm. I would also say in this series, uh, the best unintentional put-down is pr- probably me next. Yeah. As, uh, <laughs> as Michael is about to enter and Alan sees an opportunity to, to just put Michael in his place slightly. That is he- that, well, no, I read that. Is that not he's trying to get between Lynn and Michael to make sure they basically don't come to fisticuffs? No, I think he's no. just trying to re-establish order that he is yeah. above... Yeah, he, he, he should order. enter before Michael. But why would he let Lynn go first? That, he probably missed that. Lynn, Lynn, him. Lynn had mm. kind of just walked in. She's too far ahead to yeah. stop. He couldn't pull her back. Because later on, he does swerve. In another episode, he does swerve in front of her to go out. Which first. is a classic Alan move. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I still think it's more he's a bit worried that if those two get into the static home before him, there's going to be another argument or some kind of fight. I don't think. I don't think so. But. Well, admittedly, there is a bit. Uh, is it earlier in this episode where he's like, "Ding, ding, round out, round one oh, yeah. or whatever." He yeah, has yeah. to kind of separate yeah. them a yeah. little bit, so he is aware that there Just is joking, a tension Lynn. there. Yeah. Yeah. Batter you, yeah. batter you. <laughs> would Michael hit Lynn? I don't think yes. so. No, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think he would. I think <laughs> not, not intentionally, but I think he could snap. I think a, he, a moment of madness. He probably has hit men. I don't think he's hit women. Mm. I'm prepared to give him the benefit. He's unpredictable. Yeah. He is unpredictable. Um, Before we move on to the next scene, uh, as we were discussing in last week's episode, these short phrases or kind of one word punchlines, in that the the scene where he's in the House of the Builders, you have Spice World and when he sees the Desert Storm bike, Mary Mary Poppins. Poppins. (laughs) And again, I just feel like particularly both of those are really good examples where you just go... Why would he say that? Why would he say Mary Poppins and Spice World? I just don't. I think they seem a bit. I think out the of Mary Poppins almost. one works. I think Spice World is a bit. I think I'd say Ma- the other way. Yeah, round. I think Mary Poppins. Yeah. Works. I think Mary Poppins works because yes. it's, it's sort of like a ruddy hell. Yeah, exactly. Mary Poppins. Yeah, but then why not just say ruddy hell? So I think they're kind of drawing in not an obscure reference, but they're drawing in a reference to act as the punchline where. Normally, that would just be him saying something like "ruddy." Yeah, hell but people or, say things like "Jimmy Cricket" and stuff yeah, like that. I think it's, Spice like World is very much in the in the vein of Jurassic uh, Park, whereas that is much more of a kind of exclamation of "Oh, I can't believe that's there." Mary yeah, and you'd Poppins. say Mary Poppins. Well, no, I wouldn't. I'm not having yeah. it. There, there are, people did say, you know, Jiminy Cricket and Jumping yeah. Joseph and all these sort of exactly. old, oldie worldy. When's the last time you said Jumping Joseph, Adam? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> is that like a gimbal not, or whatever not, you're calling it? Oh, God. <laughs> it's not of my generation. Why don't you stop talking about it? It's not of my generation, but I'm not a 50 year old man. So, what was it know, like for you? It's then, natural Tom? language. <laughs> Yay! Classic gags. <laughs> no. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on. Uh, we're in the we're in the static caravan. Uh, Sonia's mugs are out. I love Sonia's mugs. That sounds like a bit of a yeah. <laughs> Do you want to rephrase that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No. What I meant was I love Sonia's mugs. Um, <laughs> Why? Yeah. Also, Lynn has uh, just because th- th- her idea of a gift is they're so awful. The the di- the way she's cut around Alan and Sonia's. Whoa, heads. Whoa, whoa. Why are these gifts awful? One member of the team has been given a mug like this as a genuine gift. Yes, yes. but only because this happened in the program. Well, what, well yeah, of course, yeah. How can you be what sure? I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post a picture on the socials. Uh, my, <laughs> That's my, a great my, girl, cat. my girlfriend Abby has given me. Sorry, uh, sorry, Tom. Girlfriend, fiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, gave, gave me a mug which, uh, like Alan, has a picture of me on one side and a cat on the other. We'll it's a great it, mug. I'll post it on the socials. Lovely mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Look at the cat. He's yes. brilliant. Uh, uh, no, so Alan's uh, talking to Lynn in sort of uh, a sort of conspiracy type way about these mugs, and Lynn, Lynn is baffled, kind of like when uh, he was talking about the wor- his worry of getting assassinated in series one. And she's like, "It defies sense." Why? <laughs> now referring to the mugs, she's going, "What does it mean?" As, as if it's some sort of threat or code, rather than she just made yeah. a mug. <laughs> and also, Alan does say, "I think she's planning something much worse." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically talking about these mugs in in the same terms as a terrorist atrocity. <laughs> She's talking about selling this stuff down at the covered market. market. That's right. Yeah. And if you keep an eye out throughout this episode, in pretty much every, almost yeah. every scene from now on, there is a Sonya creation lurking in the background, whether it's yeah. a lampshade or a cushion. <laughs> and or... it's things I, I didn't notice a lot of that detail until rewatching recently. Um, but also with... with um, because, yeah, in the static home uh, behind them, all the pots and jars have Sonya and Alan's faces on. But you can see that they're actually just bits... Just stuck on bits of card, so they're not kind of printed. So it's not like the mug where it's a properly 
printed photo on it. So I don't know whether that's poor production values from the TV show's part, <laughs> or that is just how Sony has made them. Cobbled together props. Yeah. Um, would you have uh, Alan's pasta gravy sauce? Also, who calls it pasta gravy? I'd call it like just well, pasta sauce. That's I think the that's the joke, isn't it? Well, yeah. I, I I, again, again, Nick, no, that's the I, joke. Well, no. no, I think there's two potential jokes, and I don't know which one it is. Is it? Is it that, <laughs> Could go is, either way. Is it that he thinks it's referred to, pasta sauce is referred to as pasta gravy sauce, or is his prototype a mixture of yeah. pasta sauce and I think gravy? That's I, I, I think, think that's it. Two. I think it's just Alan ah, getting it wrong. Right. Yeah, uh, okay. no. Right now, Nick. That on would board. explain why it's been turned down. As Exactly. I sort of don't think that that's hilarious, but fine. Okay. Yeah, the only reference to pasta gravy, well, the top reference on Google to pasta gravy sauce is (laughs) gravy pasta if you're poor student recipes. Which suggests combining the two to make them go further. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds awful. Uh, Lynn pops on her giant headphones at this point, which is a great, great headphone yeah. gag. Yep. 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 Of course she loves Poirot. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. The and, and, do. and the face she's pulling while she's watching TV is incredible. Deep yep. concentration. Uh, we find out that Sonia and Alan are having sex twice a day. Uh, on the bonquette. Now, I thought the bonquette was a kind of... Uh, Sexy sofa, but a bonquette is actually a type of sofa. Oh, I thought he was doing like oh. a portmanteau kind of. No, m- I think it's bonquette. Oh, yeah, that's words. what I thought too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Google it just to okay. check. I'm not All right, wrong. I will. But um, yeah, you can see quite clearly as well. Uh, th- this is when uh, Alan and Michael are talking about uh, various types of sex. Uh, <laughs> Michael is <laughs> pretending to grab what we hope is a human by its hair. Um, but if you look carefully, Michael Michael Greenall almost corpses when he's miming doggy My- style. Michael Greenall. No, sorry, Simon Greenall, you know what I mean. But also, it's, I mean, it's obviously kind of uh, intentional, but Michael's default sex position is to be quite aggressive. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not very, like, uh, romantic or pleasurable. It's, He's not it's, making love, is it? No, it's, <laughs> quite, it's quite aggressive, and he is hair-grabbing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bit of mild homophobia from Alan, uh, yeah. and he's like, oh, that could be Brian May. Oh, no, that's the other one, God rest his soul. <laughs> Re- rewatching that, I did think, oh, that is a bit, bit much. Yeah, it's funny, though. Also, yeah. I did think, if you, if you could sum Alan up in one fact, it's that he knows Brian May's name, but not Freddie Mercury's. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you a lot, I think. Oh, yeah, Michael slates himself now by... Uh, when uh, Alan's talking about the lax security at Choristers and says oh, they, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah, they let yeah, someone like you funny. in and Michael says that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> recognising that he Alan follows up with I know and the person who stole your front door <laughs> uh, meanwhile Sonia's off talking to the builders about uh, snip snips <laughs> get a cushion whoa 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 that's English for stop a horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, in his face. Her head looks like Princess Di when it's on the scatter cushion. They even say that in, in a commentary, I think, to a later episode. Sonia's cut out head on the scatter cushion looks like Princess Di. I think they, Felicity Montague mentioned that uh, perhaps that's just because Diana also appeared on a lot of scatter cushions and hugs. <laughs> Sonia, the princess of hearts. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Do we think the builders have been spying on um, Sonia and Alan? No, it's just a joke, isn't it? Well, where she so. says, where they accuse... <laughs> uh, they say he could yeah. sit on his face. And it's a very filthy joke at that. Yeah. And it, I love how he absolutely sides with the builders over time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Apologising yeah. to them. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's then back at Chorister's uh, riding roughshod over the security. Uh, Hi, I'm a communist with a gun. I hate you lot. <laughs> just uh, throwing the royal family out of a plane. Can I use your toilet? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then when they let, when they let him in, uh, describing him as utter utter, utter, utter nutters. Uh, this scene when he's entering choruses is a return of the classic uh, Alan Partridge blazer as well. Oh yeah, it's the first time we see it in this series. Presumably, a lot of unsold merchandise still in his uh, in his in storage. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd imagine Alan's just got the one green blazer. That's probably it's, it's his signature look. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, bonus fact here about choristers: the the gates that he goes through that is fake, and they put that in. So the brick pillar, if you look closely, that is fake, and it's made of cardboard. Mm. If you go back and look, you actually can tell. So. If you're listening to this, we've just ruined that bit of a realism <laughs> for you there. Sorry. That's what we're here to do. For anyone <laughs> who thought it was a documentary, we've blown your mind. It really isn't. Uh, so uh, I think at this point he's now at the train station. Yeah, uh, cut to the train station. trying to sell copies of his book. I noticed that his main selling point is that it's, is its size. <laughs> <laughs> it fits into an attaché case. Um, also noticed or, that or the thigh pocket of a pair of fashionable combat trousers. That's yep. right. Were um, combat trousers ever fashionable, though? To Alan, in, t- in, t- t- in 2002, I think yes, as well. No. Uh, yeah. Nick, mm. you're living in a world where shell suits and cardigans and polo necks have all been fashionable at some point or another. Also, you like pop punk. There's no way you didn't have massive yeah. overblown shorts that had huge uh, pockets. Nick, I put this to you. This is 2002. We're at university. Combat trousers were a thing. Yep. And well, I wasn't wearing them. A, 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 it doesn't a, mean it wasn't a thing. A wallet on a chain. You're wearing uh, short a Dickies shorts, t-shirt. Sort of yeah. <laughs> I definitely had a chain. Yeah, yeah. And, and a, a big baggy trousers that didn't fit. In fact, yeah. none of my clothes fit. Right. Then they do. And, and, now they're, <laughs> and now they're all too small. He's gone the other way. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things about the backdrop of Alan's sales area yeah. at the station. Uh, the logo for his military uh, quiz show skirmish, skirmish is a clear ripoff of the Sega logo. <laughs> really? <yeah. laughs> I had He's offering a free torch with every book. But a Danko had, nightstick. Yep. But they yep. had to put up a note saying torches will not be sold separately, presumably because people have asked if they can just leave the book and just have a torch. Uh, he also se- he also selling the Danko nightstick as as having been used in futuristic TV series The X Files. Uh, firstly, The X Files is set in present day, so it's not futuristic. Also, there's no way those are the flashlights that they used. Uh, and finally, a short plug for another post pop podcast. If you like The X Files, why not try X Rated, uh, the X Files podcast, also available from uh, Post. Pop, the people behind Monkey Tennis. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't bother, but it, it is there. <laughs> uh, nobody's listening to Alan's uh, pronouncements, which makes it quite like when he was hosting the Swatham County Fair in uh, Series 1. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just is, using yeah. him as an information point, effectively. Yep. And, uh, and he's happy to answer those questions. He is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's directing people to the right platform. <laughs> do, do, do run, we'll miss it. Miss it. <laughs> uh, he's uh, trying to slate people on their way to London, saying, going to London, go to London, you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Uh, question for the group, as we've all either, we all currently live or have lived in London for a period of time, just going around one by one, uh, have you been A, mugged, or B, not appreciated? <laughs> Tom Dark? Uh, I have never been mugged, but I'll go with not appreciated. Yeah, I'd go with that as well. Uh, yes to both. Okay, yeah, yeah, me too. I've been mugged at gunpoint and also not appreciated. Oh yeah, remember your gunpoint saga. Yeah. So oh, yeah, catch oh. a train to London, stopping at rejection, disappointment, backstabbing central, and shattered dreams partway. I got mugged for my uh, what's the PlayStation handheld thing? PSP. PSP. I got mugged for that, and um, I was drunk on the way home from the tube. <laughs> and after they did that, I clearly noticed. I then offered them my uh, Monster Munch if they wanted any, and they said no and ran off. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Polite mugging, really. Yeah. I think around this point we're introduced to Pete. 
Pete Morant from yep. Dante Fires. See, I always thought that it was Pete, as in P-E-T-E, but it's not. P-I-E-T. No, P-I-E-T. South African. Yes, yes. of course. Played so. by uh, Steve Brody, who yes. we've probably all seen most recently in This Is England, the TV yep. series. He was in the full set of, of This Is... He was in 90, 88 and 86. He I was. Think. Yeah. Uh, he's also been in Life's Too Short, Extras, Coupling, one of our uh, favourite sitcoms there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Stab to swear like last time. Huh? Uh, he's also oh fuck off. There we go. There it is. Uh, he's also been in the office and the Bill and the Armando Unici shows, playing his barber. To be fair, it's a bit of a, bit uh, of a decent track record. Let's that, not forget it? his first and most important role, uh, where he played a part in It's Ulrika, the TV movie about Ulrika Johnson. Oh, I must what? have read that and forgotten all about it's it. It's Ulrika. Do you not remember that? No. No. Uh, there's a sort of satirical film about Ulrika Johnson, I think, off the back of her being on Shooting Stars, I believe. Hmm. Who did he play in The Office as well? He's oh, uh, He was Don't an I... agent. In the extra special, he was ah, an estate agent. yes. Well. No, no, he was Brent's agent. That's wow, right. just yeah, looking yeah. up. I oh, can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can confirm that It's Ulrika is a real thing. It was released in 1997 and has a 3.3 out of 10 rating <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> we will watch the, the trailer later. The rating speaks for itself. Star- oh, written by Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer as well. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. Um, so yeah, it's a shooting stars spin-off. I yeah. uh, Alan asks Pete, "What part of Birmingham are you from?" That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a silly line. Like, there's no, but I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it's a good. South African accent. Yeah, but it's quite good because Alan just not really understanding things. I, I like that. Uh, but actually, question to the group: Do we think? Pete is doing a good South African accent. Is it believable or not? I think he is doing a South African accent like Sonia's doing a Ukrainian accent. Exactly. Yeah, with a hint yeah. of exaggeration. It's, it, I, I feel it's a little bit OTT. A uh, bit of extra info on this uh, scene. So the, uh, this scene in Norwich Station was the first day of filming for Series 2 of Alan Mullen Partridge. So that meant it was the first time in five years that Coogan played Alan. Wow. There you go. So there you go. Fact punch. Nice. Straight in the chops. Uh, and then it's, uh, then it's on to Chorister from here I believe yes where he's booked a room under the name the real IRA trying to <laughs> point holes out in Chorister's uh, safety protocols but he opens the door and it's full of cops and, it's, <laughs> and that, that's that's a great kind of it's a brilliant setup and payoff for that the fact you've got the kind of you, you've got the line which is I'm an arsonist with the big box matches please can I come in set fire to the staff and then you've got the visual gag of the police being behind the door and he hasn't realised mm-hmm. it's great so he's got to go back to the static caravan oh no they, they go for a what do they go they have to a kill pub lunch. lunch a pub yeah. lunch for an hour while yeah. he sets up uh, well, he clearly, kind of, I think this bit's a bit not weird but I don't know are you going down the same route that I was going to go which is like I'm slightly like Alan's a bit embarrassed about the fact that he's doing it all I don't get the it, fact I just that think he, this bit's a bit strange I just get don't really get the what, fact all, that he's all the doing stuff back at the house Why back at the house, come back at the house. But, he could just do that in the pub but or they, he seems to, surely he would just say to him look the, my house is being built I'm working in yeah. a static caravan at the moment but, you but know, I, even, I think isn't he trying to give the impression that he's got kind of a big office and staff and yeah. it's that, like he's trying to make it look that's obviously what he is trying to do, but I just think it's it's odd, and they could just discuss yeah, the business because they they've gone to the choristers to discuss business. Why couldn't they just do that? In I the just pub? think the whole thing doesn't sit quite right. And it, actually, really he does t- he does tear at the start of the scene because he says, um, "Yeah, sorry, it's a bit of a building site." So it's not like he's trying to hide the fact the house is still being built, but yeah, why he's pretending this is like an office in a boardroom table? Yeah, yeah. But, but then I guess the whole thing is that's what they build all the jokes around so yeah. yeah that said I'm glad he did it because uh, you get to see Michael's imitation of a uh, sort of polite person yes. <laughs> hello yes, how that's do good. you do <laughs> uh, Michael who is uh, according to Alan in charge of our internet computer <laughs> as opposed to the other kinds 
there's near porn on it. <laughs> and you, you know that it's riddled with porn as well. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the first thing he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's got viruses and spyware up the wazoo, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Boob Olympics was the last thing they looked at <laughs> before also, Titsnade Zoo. <laughs> Alan gets mangled by saying you need a hat hard on. No, sorry, I mean hat hard, hat hard on. on. Yep. Uh, and he's got clocks. Uh, we, we actually uh, mm. guessed in series one, I think, that he would have yep. clocks to, what is it, London, New, New York, York, and Norwich. Norwich. But it's uh, it's London, Paris, and Dublin, which two of which are on the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same as London, but I do think sometimes you need to be reminded of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also notice that the fruit bowl on the table, in inverted commas, has alternating Alan and Sonia faces yes, on it. and I had not noticed that until re-watching recently. Brilliant. Yep. Great detail. Uh, his reaction to falling off the sofa is priceless as well. A little bit of slapstick where he just... Well, yeah, I mean, it. it is very funny. I do like it, and I do like this episode a lot, but there are the, those sort of moments where it feels a lot more slapstick than series mm. one. Yeah. And it's, sometimes that's what I mean by stri- that feels a bit out of that's what I mean with how series one was. Yeah. With this series being more like a straightforward sitcom than... Yeah, it, it, it yeah. definitely is. Because well, I think you have... There's almost like... With series one, with it all being based around a hotel, and he's kind of like, he's not in a good place. There's this kind of classic kind of British sitcom thing where actually it's quite dark underneath the surface, whereas mm. this one is all a bit more slapstick and a bit more light-hearted surface level, this, this does hark back to a much earlier era of... of comedy this scene doesn't it because it's simpler it's, times well it reminds me of like the breakfast sketch like and like Morecambe and Wise and things like yeah, that you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. very much like the it's physical comedy of isn't it, it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but then you do get some very you know some brilliant Alan noises which is him sort of laughing as he gets up from falling yeah. off the sofa and then also the yeah, ee yeah. as they're trying yeah. to balance the whole thing it's great that's a, yeah so I mean that, that's the thing I, I did feel like even watching this the first time it ever aired being a bit like oh this feels a bit too light and slapstick but then going but it is bloody funny, yeah. so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the, there's a there's a printout of Lynn on the wall, and I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. No, no. See, for, first watching this again recently, I hadn't noticed that, and I was like, "Who is that? Oh my god, that's Lynn!" And it's actually Lynn in front of a Christmas tree. <laughs> now, I, I can't I can't add much more to this, but uh, according to director's commentary, that was associated with another plot line that didn't make it to the episode. Right. That's all I have. That's all they yeah. said about it. So I don't know what I'll do. Uh, invent the fun in your own minds. Yes. Yeah. Lynn <laughs> doing something for Christmas. Yep. Um, the lights aren't good enough, so Lynn has to go nuclear, basically putting the, uh, putting the lights, <laughs> putting on, the lights on the Lexus. Yeah. The hazards. Alan attempts, uh, keeps attempting to do, or, uh, another thing he does a lot in the series, attempting to do somebody's accent to them in an offensive way. He yeah. does it to yep. the builders. He's now doing it to Pete. Uh, full beam, etc. Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> And then, and then you get one of the one of the more memorable bits of the episode where Pete appears to be saying uh, something that he isn't actually saying. He's like, "Ellen, you can't." I like didn't get this for years. I didn't get that joke. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but bloody I just, hell! I, I wondered for <laughs> for, uh, for those of you that have been studying the script, what's the word written down in the script? Ooh, okay, talk amongst yourself. Is it, is it full c word or is it just well? Can't? A- as we learned from earlier, I've been going off a script on the internet, which seems to be not one hundred percent accurate. Mm. So I wondered if there's nothing on the commentary to suggest. Uh, uh, well, uh, no. The, the discussion they had with um, Pete uh, was about whether he should pronounce it more as. Uh, can't or cunt basically uh, okay. it is um, can't in the script yeah Very so obviously that is the word he's saying yeah, but it's yeah, supposed yeah. to sound like the sea yeah. bomb although well, I've just said cunt so it's fine and, um, so yeah th- there were <laughs> there, there w- I've got a shit table <laughs> <laughs> we actually do have a bit of a shit table it's quite wobbly yeah. um, 
Yeah, so there was a discussion about how he should pronounce it to make it a bit more forced I on see. vowels or not. So. I, 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 it's a shame it's not probably not mentioned in the commentary. I would love to know how the discussions went about to what extent can they get away with that in the show. Do you think? This yeah. Epi- do you think because this point. this episode was rated? Let me check. It was rated fifteen. But do you think that that is that's on the assumption that he's saying the c word, or, or he, do you he, think he it's, is well, saying no, the c word? No, but he's in, not saying. No, the no, no. When I. He is saying can't. Yeah, so that's so, it. So th- right. their, their defence If you want to, to infer that, from that that he's not saying can't, that's fine, but he is saying can't. Yeah, because that's what's in the script, so yeah. that's, that's... Yeah, sure, but okay, but I could write in a script can't and then actually say it. But can't is and on... You're not gonna, they say you're can't not on any, any show, so yeah. it's fine. I just think there's a point where it doesn't matter what you put in the script, what you hear is what it is. Oh, Adam, well, stop being a can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I was just curious, you know, how that <laughs> oh, conversation yeah. <laughs> Let, no it, go, man, let yeah. it go, man. Let it go. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite bits in this scene is that because it, it, it actually seems to come off as quite a subtle joke in terms of it doesn't get a big audience reaction. But when Alan calls out Lynn, and then you go, oh, you're there. I love He's that. I love it's that so bit good. so much. Yeah. But it does seem to be that's such a subtle joke in terms of everything else that's happening in this scene. But I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Um, the scene where he's ordering the pyro, pyro yeah, techniques, yeah. uh, is great. Uh, Sonia's customised lampshade and milk jug are behind him. That's that's Sonia's gift yeah. to this scene. Um, it sounds. <laughs> what I like is uh, I only just got this joke rewatching it. It sounds like he's ordering it direct from the company. Yeah, yeah but it, but he's in fact just again, getting again, lint, that's, getting the yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> that sure. is one hundred percent what that joke is. <laughs> yeah, and it's brilliant. Yeah, you uh, what he wants is four glitter explosions, twelve puff flashes. So the sequence should be puff flash, puff flash, bang. Basically, can he have a condensed Pink Floyd concert for £500? Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Lynn. Do you reckon we could get a condensed Pink Floyd concert for £500? <laughs> well, we know for a fact that he doesn't get it, because uh, <laughs> later on he, you find out how much it really cost him in the end. Um, Sonia says, Ellen, I love you. <laughs> he replies, thanks a lot. He replies, thanks a lot. <laughs> Which is a, uh, an exchange that me and my fiancé use quite a lot in the house. <laughs> so to confirm, she is definitely your fiancé now. Uh, now, when this goes out, maybe Probably not. not. <laughs> Uh, we then move on to Alan and Michael's chat. I mean, having said that the uh, the earlier bits of this episode uh, were quite slapstick and the series as a whole was quite light, this bit's quite bleak. Well, the first thing I wanted to say here is uh, you see Alan walk into the room where Michael's sleeping mm. and Michael has only been offered a chair to sleep in. There's no bed. It's like you can have this deck chair which looks painfully uncomfortable. He's got a his... deck chair with a sleeping bag. Yeah, it looks so uncomfortable. But I have questions about this. So, Michael is sleeping at Alan's house. Does... Is that a regular arrangement? It's because or is that just because he's been, been helping stolen. for the meeting? No, no, it's because of the door. It's because of oh, the okay. door, okay. which he well, allegedly has been stolen, but I suspect Michael has smashed down. Or Do you think Michael kicked his... it in himself? Yeah, or one of his mates did it or something. One of his big, burly biker mates. Yeah. Um, quite a few good moments in this. Alan talking about the world's getting smaller. The Michael saying, <laughs> yeah, that's global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, and then you get into the the, the sort of fantasies, particularly Michael's helicopter yeah. fantasy, which gets a round of applause at the end because it is that very is long it. and hilarious. That this is, is one of my favourite moments yeah. Yeah. of this mm. series, and is Michael's like sort of crowning glory. Just, this just the payoff is like, yeah. no, it's just a mate, just a mate. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Donaldson. Just <laughs> I a think mate. he's going to be some kind of arch nemesis from his school the bit, days. Or the something. bit that gets the biggest laugh from me, he's <laughs> just crashing to the scene, a big ball of flames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that he chose Cornwall as well. Yeah. Why is he picked? Yeah. He could go. In, you know, this is a fantasy. You could go anywhere. That's the most exotic place you could think of to crash. Hello, you bastard. (laughs) 
good. Uh, did uh, anybody notice that Michael's tattoos on his arms are totally different to their tattoos in yes. Series 1? Yes, I, I did mention it in Series 1 as well. Series. Yep, yep. They are not the same. Uh, I don't think Armando Nietzsche actually noticed that until he was recording the commentary for Series 1, because that's, <laughs> that's where I heard him say it. Uh, yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's that you have these uh, these moments where you've got Alan and Michael talking. There's always this kind of that just lurking sense of depression around. Well, Ma- it. Michael's clearly troubled, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, him saying, <laughs> you know, he says, uh, "Keep the demons at bay." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it it kind of it reminds me of the episode in series one uh, where he's just kind of hanging around the hotel uh, with nothing to do, and again, there's that kind of they, they're talking about suicide and stuff like that. It always seems to be him and Michael are the when they yeah. have those talks yeah. together, it always gets yeah, quite dark Alan and depressing. Plus Michael equals yeah. he's depression. Walking, he's walking around the car park, like oh, yeah. rubbing oh, yeah. his rubbing yeah. his head, looking a bit pained. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is the series' first full round of applause as well. I don't think mm. there's. Any I think that's right. Yeah. It's deserved as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. So Michael now has Alan's Chorister's card, which is going to cause Alan no end of problems uh, as they now because he went let him and bloody left it in his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Bainham is the voice of the security guard for this bit. Oh. Yep. Ah, <laughs> but who's the voice of the female on the intercom? Uh, oh, I don't know. It is Felicity Montague. It's Lynn. Oh. Uh, what they've done there is they've saved on costs and employing <laughs> other people yeah, to do yeah. the voices. Alan's uh, at this point. He's, he's saying hello. I've just swallowed a, a, a pocket. No, I just swallowed a lot of anthrax. And I'd like to let off <laughs> like mad in the club. <laughs> is that how it works? Do you fart anthrax out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Good anyway. way of deploying. Uh, yeah. So they won't let him in. He tries to climb up. Lynn arrives. And then uh, he impales his foot on a impales his foot on a spike. That spike shot is brief, P- but pierced, unbelievably pierced, graphic. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect that in this yeah. uh, in a comedy like this. And and that is one of those shots again where all of a sudden you have you have quite shaky camera work, yeah. like it's documentary. Yeah, but it's just that it's bit frighteningly. Yeah. Real. Although I think that works because it's so short, so it does leave a very graphic imprint in the mind. And before uh, he kind of um, puts his foot on the spike, he's about to get really angry with Lynn because she Call suggested that he's nearly 50. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there we go. <laughs> so, as we were discussing about ages of Alan and Lynn last week, so does that mean if he's nearly 50... Oh, she was Lynn 50. Was, so is Lynn... I'm going to say Lynn is six years older than him. So what? So Lynn I'm was, not sure that works from a babysitting point of view, does yeah. it? Unless she was six when but she was babysitting him. Uh, <laughs> no, right. I think I think yeah, baby, yeah, that works. Uh, like if, if, you were eight, if, you, if you were nine and they were fifteen, yeah. that's acceptable babysitting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, I suppose it could work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends when she was babysitting. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm taking away from that that he's forty nine and she's fifty. Five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lynn takes charge at this point. Uh, she's genuinely distressed for Alan. You can see there's real concern on her face. <laughs> I love it when he says, "Take your foot off the spike." You know, you take your foot off the spike. <laughs> yeah, he's delirious. Um, also, and- sorry. In research for this, I found a brilliant tattoo that someone's got. Yes, I want to talk about this. So I think, and I probably should have fact checked this before I said I was going to say. Did Frank Carter do that tattoo on someone? That's a good point. Frank uh, Carter, for listeners who don't know of who that is. Gallows of and Frank Carter and Rattlesnakes. Yep, rock uh, man. Oh, he's, he's a <laughs> punk rock that man. That rings a bell. And a tattoo artist, obviously. Um, so yeah, ba- basically, we haven't really explained what we're talking about either. Uh, we will post this on our socials, but um, somebody got a quite large tattoo, I think on their bum cheek, that um, has a foot with a spike through it, and then uh, and then the slogan says, Lynn, I've pierced my foot on a spike going across it. Also, the word spike has three eyes Spang. in this tattoo. Well, Accurate. Um, uh, and just on uh, Partridge Tattoos, we were sent uh, via Twitter a while ago a picture of 
uh, a tattoo of a monkey playing tennis. It says monkey tennis underneath it. And we've also had a tweet uh, saying that somebody has a cup of beans tattoo. Uh, <laughs> so I have tweeted them back asking for us to send us a picture, but we're yet to receive that. For so. some reason, they don't want to... Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, I mean, it. it's ignoring our tweets. Un- unbelievable. Uh, Lynn suggests that uh, Alan ought to be going to hospital, but he refuses because, and I quote, some of these people have come from Stoke. Uh, that's <laughs> Pres- the point at which you can't abandon an event if yeah. people have yeah. travelled that far. Presuming Choristers is in the Norwich area, Stoke is a three-hour and 13-minute drive. <laughs> that, see, that's it's a long very way. Fair. It's a long way. Also, when you cut to inside, uh, there are 27 people visible in the audience. <laughs> that's that's why Those are the people that are preventing Alan from getting hospital treatment uh, I like the fact that he opens with puns even though there's a, a very heated exchange earlier where he's begged and told not to open with a few jokes they don't want a clown yeah. and he comes on to the heat is on yeah. 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 Um, one thing that's possi- burning issue. possibly a, a continuity or technical error uh, his face is being projected onto a screen behind him but it's filmed from two different angles but there's no camera there's no camera uh, well actually if you I, I noticed this from the commentary, and once you've noticed it, you can't unnotice it. There is a cameraman on stage to begin with, and after the first couple of shots, he He's just gone. disappears. Oh, so okay. it, it is a continuity error, yeah. Okay. So that's where it's coming from. Uh, Alan, like in Series 1, loves a goodie bag. There's a goodie bag here. It's so- I, can I just make a quick point before you go into the, uh, the fun packs? Fun packs. Goodie bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Uh, assuming that he hadn't put his foot on a spike and he was able to give his A game, <laughs> would the jokes have been funny and been met with any laughter, or would they been, have been met with zero laughter as they are in this scene? I think ripples of laughter rather than shrieks of concern. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of titters, probably. Okay. Oh, Maybe. he's done some puns. At yeah. best. Uh, uh, so. But I, I would say um, that the whole speech he does in this scene uh, is probably one of my favourite Partridge moments. It's just ev- everything about this is just absolute Partridge gold. The, so only thing s- the only thing I would say is that the whole throwing up thing does kind of outstay its welcome a little bit. You say that. I was watching this with, with uh, my dad on the weekend. He would not stop laughing during that. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely loved it. Okay, so yeah. we found the audience for, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for that. No, I, I, think, I, I okay. think it stands up. I All think right. it's very funny. Maybe I think maybe the point that times. he does it a lot, mm. that is kind of, it should go too far, but maybe... Just the right amount that it becomes funny again. It goes full circle. Maybe what, I've just seen it too many times. What's yeah. the best and worst thing in the fun pack? Uh, Ooh, well, good question. There's a torch, a curly whirly, a book of stamps, a free digital watch, a vodka miniature, a big style razor, and a copy of the Daily Express. Daily Express. Daily Express <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> Hold on a minute, though, Adam. That free digital watch has a denim strap. You miss out <laughs> very, okay, very the watch. detail there. <laughs> a important. denim strap. Certainly an upgrade from the uh, goodie bags he gave when he left the travel tavern, which had <laughs> 50 days. pence piece and shower caps. And <laughs> what if uh, you can get a denim strap for an Apple Watch? Ooh. <laughs> Producer Jed? I'm sure Bon Jovi's got He's one. He's nodding. Yeah. Uh, his dry heaving noise is possibly even better than his yeah, imitation car crash noise uh, and also part of his speech is August bucked the trend for downturn in fire sales <laughs> well obviously <laughs> it's the end of summer I'd never thought about that yeah. right. uh, he ended up spending £2,000 on pyro we heard him earlier thinking he was going to get it for 500 quid. Uh, so Lynn, Lynn didn't do a good deal for him there did she she's overspent did we establish what his fee is for this was it ever mentioned? Don't is he making mo- No, I don't think it is, is it? Is Lynn he just, he just says, this? I've come into a rather substantial <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn doesn't strike me as a very shrewd negotiator either. No. I wouldn't trust no. her to Oh, it's £2,000. Okay, then. Fine. Well, yeah. she's earning eight grand a year. <laughs> exactly. <so. laughs> 
Yep. Um, and then he uh, instructs everyone to go and eat some coffee. <laughs> Drink it. Soup um, you can eat. Lots of liquid. A lovely little detail. When he sets off the second uh, pyrotechnic bag, the genuine jumps of the people in the crowd is brilliant. Yeah. They properly yeah. jump. It's a, it's a very loud bag. I think as well, watching this back, the glitter keeps on falling for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, did anybody notice as well uh, that there is some music when he walks off or kind of when his uh, speech finishes and it's basically a very poor imitation version of Prodigy Defi- uh, Prodigy Defi- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean so it is, it's very short but you can tell yeah. that's what it's supposed to be brilliant great details yeah uh, so we're almost at the end of the episode yep. uh, it's Michael's touching attempt to cheer Alan up it's actually quite sweet he's morphine boozed at this point <laughs> yeah. although Michael does say I'm not going to do it in the accent Apache Productions is probably going to go doing the pan <laughs> like, like all the other companies you've started yep. so again like Michael keeps on putting him down but he doesn't notice uh, this, yeah this last sequence always almost feels like it's uh, improv based to me yeah. Uh, it's, yeah it's quite loose but funny it may very very well be very very yeah. well be <laughs> And uh, yeah, Michael's created a, a helicopter landing pad to cheer Alan up, but used a lowercase h. h. <laughs> uh, now, I did think this scene, uh, I always felt it was a bit of a poor end to what I thought was a really good episode, because it feels like all the helicopter chat and stuff just felt a bit incongruous and a bit out of nowhere. Oh, I quite um, like it. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I quite like it. Well, fine to have different opinions. But apparently, uh, I think this might explain why it does feel a bit like a bolt-on. There's, there was a plot line about Alan wanting a helicopter that was cut, so that's probably why it's in there. So I think yeah. there would have been more conversation with Alan and Michael about wanting an Apache. And that also comedy. explains why it's Apache Communications. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we get onto it at some other point, but there, I, I found a list somewhere of other companies he'd founded in between yeah. the first series and this one, and one of them is named after a helicopter as well. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, there's a list of all the Tom companies. There's a list of all the companies that Alan sets up it's in, in the audio episode. book. It's oh, in the audio book. And with the tax people. Oh, that's right. uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's yeah, six yeah. companies that he creates. We'll get to that in the next we'll, we'll, episode. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What comes up? (laughs) 
So before we go, it's time for another round of Cards Against Alanity, the Cards Against Humanity themed quiz uh, where we take phrases from this series of I'm Alan Partridge and a sentence from this episode. Uh, Everybody around the table here has to complete the sentence as best they can with the cards that they've got in front of them and Jed will ping his bell for the best one. That's what it sounds like. So the episode, sorry, the uh, sentence you have to complete this time is I've just swallowed a load of blank and I'd like to let off like mad in the club bar. Uh, So... Um, okay, I've handed my submission in to Jed. Can you read it again, please? Sorry. Yes, I can. Uh, I've just swallowed a load of blank, and I'd like to let off like mad in the club bar. It's very tense. Tom Dark. So I, I won one last nil. week, so I'm one up. Okay. Are they all in? To, putting an end to Nick's reign of uh, terror, terror from last season. Okay, let's see who's got the best one. I just swallowed a lot of the worth of both worlds and I'd like to let off like mad in the club bar. I've just swallowed a lot of against us from the fridge and I'd like to let off it like mad in the club bar. I've just swallowed a lot of American things and I'd like to let off it like mad in the club bar. Yes! Ah, Tom Dark's won it again. To finish the round, I've just swallowed a lot of bitter bastards and I'd like to let off like (laughs) mad in the club bar. So Tom Dark is two for two. He can still be beaten though. Uh, We'll play cards against the Lanity next time. That pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Monkey Tennis and for subscribing if you have. Uh, You can catch us online on Twitter. We're at ThePartridgePod. Email ThePartridgePod at gmail.com or facebook.com slash ThePartridgePod from all of us at Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Goodbye and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. Back of the net. Hello everyone, this is Nick from Monkey Tennis, uh, the host that was recently voted uh, the best person that could draw a chalk penis on the back of a t-shirt. And if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, uh, just head over to our Twitter page, at the Partridge Pod, and uh, find out what it's all about. But I really, really can draw the best chalk penis on the back of a t-shirt. Uh, it's just a quick message to say, if you're enjoying the episodes and the series so far, please do rate and review on iTunes. It makes a big, big difference, and uh, we really appreciate it, so... Uh, yeah thanks for taking the time to do that lovely stuff monkey tennis is a post-pop podcast produced by jed shepherd the artworks by dave mcnamara and the theme is an excerpt of the black beauty theme galloping home by dennis king to find out more about the records and podcasts made by post-pop head to postpoprecords.com monkey tennis Damn! monkey tennis Monkey tennis? Go to London. I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey tennis? Done! Monkey tennis? Uh, On the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. It's hotter than the sun! Back of the net. Monkey tennis? Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.